you know, when you're doing business tax planning, you have to involve your individual tax planning. You can't just see one without the other. So that's where professionals come into play and they look at the total picture and they just don't look at business tax planning outside of the individual tax planning. From Rain Associates Remote Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader and help your organization thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com slash podcast and sign up for updates. I firmly believe that there is an opportunity in every challenge. These days, of course, there are challenges at every turn. So that means that opportunities should be everywhere too, right? Today's guest is here to talk to us about turning lemons into lemonade, at least from a tax planning perspective. It's no longer business as usual. Things are constantly changing, especially the CARES Act and other legislation related to the coronavirus. And businesses are strapped for cash, but none of these challenges should get in the way of tax planning for your business. In fact, tax planning is now more important than ever. Cindy's here today to talk about how COVID-19 may impact your tax liability, and she's also going to break down some of the new legislation to come out of this situation and how the proper tax planning can help minimize your tax liability. So welcome to Unsuitable, Cindy. Again, love to have you on as always. Thanks, Doug. It's been an interesting economic reality, so... No, kid- no yeah. kidding. And we seem to get changes every day. I know I've been myself immersed in all the various loan programs that um, are available to help businesses and individuals out there. And we continue to see new IRS rulings, it seems like, all the time just related to that. So I can't even imagine what you're seeing right now as a, as a tax expert with regard to the CARES Act and some of the changes there. And talk to us a little bit about some of the biggest items within the CARES Act from a tax uh, perspective. Now, one thing I do realize is that like the government, business owners have to be reactionary and do it quickly. Mm. And I think, you know, the Ray Associates that we have in our team have done a great job keeping up with this and not one person can do it. And I think that that's key to remember. So we have PPP loans. We have a lot of things out there that are, you know, pretty much specific and the knowledge is specific. And I think that it's important to reach out to each respective members. Um, So business survival is going to be key. And I think monitor cash flow is also key. And I think that um, when it comes to cash flow, I think that even with the PPP loans, small businesses were required to give information they don't normally prepare. Good point. So, you know, they were given the opportunity to, or the challenge, whatever you want to call it, to provide this information to SBA, to the banks or whatever. And so now they at least have some framework to move forward. 
And just because it's business as usual, when people review their business plans, it's really not something that, you know, you know, some of them might realize that they can't survive. Right. Okay. And so then they have to do another turn. They have to revamp their business plan and go forward. And the other thing that's out there too is the 2020 presidential election. Mm. And usually in an election year, tax public policy gears towards taxes. And right now, I don't know what the election's going to prove. Right. Um, you know, they're paying attention to the 2020 ca- you know, campaign and they're wondering, you know, they like the 2017 tax law, small businesses. Sure. So they're wondering where this is all going to end up. So once again, COVID-19 had several legislation and regulatory tax measures that were undertaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you guys first invited me, I had the Secure Act out there, and that was it. Right. It was kind of interesting, you know. It was, yeah. you know, pretty, you know, subtle, and it was uh, something to look at. But now with COVID nineteen, several acts and regulations came in very quickly. Yeah. Okay. One of the probably benefit for both a tax preparer and the small businesses is the delay in the filing of tax returns. Yeah. I think that giving extensions. And until July 15 for the individual owners has really made it, you know, a little bit more easier to handle while dealing with all the other things that have been requested. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, under the, the let's, if we go back to the SECURE Act, they were trying to be a revenue generator for the government. You know, right. they did a lot of things that at the individual level were going to increase taxes. Okay. But yep. they were also making it easier for retirement plans, setups. They were getting more credits for retirement plans because they were encouraging savings. So some of the SECURE Act applications are not really going to be relevant right now because people are taking money out of the retirement plans to fund their businesses. So when I go through the SECURE Act, I'm thinking, well, this is going to be put on the wayside. Um, Will they they rethink RMDs and will they rethink the stretch IRA provisions? Right now, there's so much out there and we have to realize that anything that affects small businesses are also impacted by the individual provisions Absolutely. because most small businesses are passed through entities. And, you know, we want to try to minimize the taxes at both levels, individual and the small business. Yeah. It, it's, it seems, you know, if I, if I hear that, if I'm a business owner, right, it's, it's just my gosh, this seems overly complex. I'm worried. I'm in crisis mode right now. I'm not, I'm not thinking beyond the next, you know, month or two months or maybe three months. So I think the the thing we try to do, right, is to counsel clients to think not only short term, but let's think about longer term. You know, let's think about next year, the year after as well. Is that fair to say? It is fair to say. And I think that we have to get them just like, you know, when I'm looking at my portfolio, I don't want to look at it at what it is today. I was in there for the long term. Okay. So I'm going to look at it, you know, and probably not look at it given the situation. But once again, businesses have to do that too. You know, but I think that if a business realizes that they can't survive, uh, whether it's the product they're selling or, you know, the service they're providing, that, you know, they should rethink a business plan. And it may be a good time to just look through and get some of the key leaders in the in the company to say, what can we do different? You know, can we can we survive this? Uh, And I think COVID-19 actually is giving us that, you know, opportunity to be survivors. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the government is helping along the way. But once again, everything was reactionary. 
It wasn't a thought out process. It was everybody had to react and get that money back into the economy. Right. So I think overall, you know, whether we have the PPP loans or we have employment credits or deferrals of employment taxes, those are all things that they should be looking at to take advantage of it. Right. Yeah. And I think from from a business perspective, as as you said, there are so many opportunities out there for them to evaluate these different things. And they're not necessarily all mutually exclusive. Some of them are. In, in other words, if you can't, uh, if you do take a, uh, have taken a PPP loan, for example, then employee retention tax credits are, you know, not allowable. But there certainly are things that aren't mutually exclusive, right, that you should think about in terms of planning. Right. And I, you know, I know that the SECURE Act provided the larger credit for new employment plans or retirement plans only because I think they wanted people to start saving. But, you know, are people really going to be doing that? Given the economic situation, are they really going to be able to do that? Are the employment credits or the retirement small business credit going to be as valuable as they thought it was under the SECURE Act? I think savings for the future, saving for retirement is important for individuals. But the businesses also have to realize that is that going to be a priority for them? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot of things out there. Um, you know, but once again, what happened with the COVID acts, you know, whether it was the um, CARES Act or the Family Act that they did or the additional regulations that they put into place, they have to realize that, you know, it did a lot of things that helped us. You know, they provide technical corrections for something that happened back at the end of 17. You know, so I think that overall, they realized that things needed to get done. And, you know, businesses can now go back and look at, and how did I depreciate, you know, property that I can now depreciate in a different manner to get a bigger deduction? And is it worth that savings? So I think that, you know, a lot of things that happened under the CARES Act actually was able to clarify. Once again, it might have been reactionary, but it got a lot of things out there that were questionable. One of the big things I know I've I've heard and we've dealt with clients on this already are the NOL carryback rules, right? And, and there's some significant benefits to to potentially be had there. Can you Correct. give us an overview? You know, yeah, and under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, they wanted once again as a revenue generator, so they were trying to change things like NOLs and business losses. So they put limitations on those, and they actually said. From now on, going forward, your NOLs are only carried forward, not carried back. So once again, they said, okay, well, can we generate more, you know, cash flow for small businesses if we change that? And they did. They says, now we can go back five years for losses that are generated. Mm -hmm. And once again, this is going back and, you know, as a preparer, yeah, we're searching our databases for eligible clients. And once again, past through entities, not only are you amending the business returns, you're also amending the individual returns. So now you have, you know, more of an opportunity there. Yeah. And in some cases, uh, you know, obviously that can be significant and at least you're, you know, taking advantage of of the situation now where cash flow and and liquidity are of the utmost importance. So correct. You can capture, you know, recapture some of that. It's, it's well worthwhile. And that's what the CARES Act really did is, can we capture some cash flow? You know, what can we do to help small businesses do that? In addition to the PPP loans, can we, you know, and it's it's not that, you know, that it's a very difficult thing to do, but we can reevaluate what was done for 17 and 18 and see if we can actually, you know, make it better for the clients and increase their cash flow. 
You know, yeah. they also looked at, you know, limitations on business interests. And so they pu- imposed a lot of bis- limitations on the business owners. And, you know, once again, that is something that, you know, we are looking through, you know, more business interest is deductible now. You know, they raised the limit from 30 to 50%. So once again, we have to look at that and take advantage of those kind of situations. Yeah. Now let's let's talk a little bit uh, specifically related to the CARES Act. There's been a lot of discussion around the, the PPP loans and, and all that again, which I've been heavily immersed in. The the CARES Act allows for that forgiven loan amount to not be included as taxable income, which was nice and very different, obviously, from any normal loan that's forgiven. However, the IRS has also clarified recently that those related expenses are not deductible for tax purposes, which makes this kind of a tax neutral thing. It's like, well, what, what was the point of that? So what are your thoughts there? Will we, will we see some, uh, hopefully some guidance or change around that? Uh, what do you think? I think we will. I think we have enough trade organizations like the AICPA, the Higher Society of CPAs and the professionals saying, hey, is this really supposed to be tax neutral? Is it supposed to be forgiveness? Yeah. You know, and I think that it, when it originally came out, I was in a few webinars where, you know, people like lawyers were saying it will be allowed as a carryback, which is going to help your cash flow. Right. Okay. Even though it's supposed to, you know, for small businesses, it does increase your basis, they're saying, even though it's forgiven. But once again, I think that we're going to see enough professional push to eventually make it available as a deduction also, the expenses paid using the forgivable loan. But that's just a personal opinion. I, I can't say for sure because right now it's not. Right. And I agree with you. You're making it tax neutral. So it's really not forgivable. Right. You know, I'd say so. I mean, it just didn't make sense to me. It's it's nice to get the the certainly the cash in hand, but you've essentially reduced the value of that by upwards of perhaps 34%, right? If Correct. You, if you do that. So it's like, well, wait a minute. I mean, you know, it, it, again, but that's, what happens when you're trying to get the funds out there in the hands of people uh, and, and sort of write the rules after the fact. So obviously none of us are, are political pundits and we don't want to get into necessarily the, the politics. But again, I like to not only think short term, but long term. So if no matter who's in charge or what's going on, you know, I start to think long term. Well, it's great. We, we, we got to get this money in the hands of, of small businesses and uh, individuals out there to get the economy uh, where it needs to be, but in the long run, we—how do you pay for all these things? You know, what? Where are we going with that? Any any thoughts there, Cindy? As to yeah, what, and I think that's where the do. presidential election campaign is going to have to start addressing those issues because mm-hmm. you know we have really really good tax rates right now. I, I can yeah. honestly say that, you know, I, I've been practicing for 45 years and I've seen the 70% rate. I've seen, seen the 50% rate. And, you know, I haven't seen these low rates. I mean, we, right. we have to, we are blessed and, you know, taking advantage of these low rates is good. Uh, but how long can it last? I don't know, because we want to make sure that we can, you know, the, com- the government's not going into, you know, bankruptcy or default on a lot of things. So uh, I think the campaign will probably address some of these issues, or I just hope they're not neutral on them, where they're trying to avoid the issue. 
I'm not even so sure the government knows that the overall impact of what has happened under the CARES Act and the PPP loans. I think that everything was so reactionary that they didn't have time to think about it. So I think that I foresee rates going up, but that doesn't mean it'll happen because not only federal rates, I mean, I think states and local governments are also feeling the impact of what's been going on. So, you know, how else do you get it? get to pay for all the, you know, things that they're doing without raising taxes. Yeah. And you know? and that's a great point you make about state and local as well. For example, obviously in Ohio, we have a balanced budget amendment. Uh, so the budget has to be balanced. They cannot operate in a deficit. And today I thought I saw that they updated the deficit projection at uh, well north of $800 billion, wow. uh, $800 million. I'm sorry. I don't want to uh, misstate that, but still it's quite significant. And to some, in some fashion or another, the state government has to find revenues to balance that budget or cut expenses or some balance thereof. So, you know, I think it's of utmost importance that we all think about those things too. And, um, to some degree it's, you know, beyond the scope of this conversation to certainly to figure it out, but we want folks to be aware because what, what happens related to that. We've always been in this mode of, we'll defer taxes, defer taxes, defer taxes, right? Well, Cindy, that may not be the right answer now because rates might be as good as they're ever going to be, correct? Yeah, and that's where when you do even individual tax planning, Doug, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking, you know, wait a minute, should I not maybe take, do some Roth conversions now while the rates are low? And, you know, with people inheriting IRAs, they eliminated the stretch IRA provisions at the individual level. So a business owner whose parents, you know, is leaving only the IRA as a legacy, some of those retirement plans are fairly large. And giving a business owner who's doing very well in an inherited IRA, they have to take out over 10 years. I mean, increasing their income by $100,000 will reduce the 199A deduction and perhaps put them in a position where they can't do a lot of things for their own planning. So I, I think overall, we do have to look at, you know, the taking advantage of the current rate situation. Um, and I have to honestly push the idea that, you know, when you're doing business tax planning, you have to involve your individual tax planning. You yeah. can't just see one without the other. So that's where professionals come into play and they look at the total picture and they just don't look at business tax planning outside of the individual tax planning. because. Yeah. Our individual, our business owners, our small business owners that pass through to their individual return. Yeah, that's that's absolutely great insight. I think the key there is have that holistic view, not only from your business uh, perspective, but the personal perspective. Get your advisors together. Get those folks that that have a stake in in your financial future together. And, you know, that's what we're here for is to have those those conversations. And And to look past the present day, you know, what can you inherit? What will you inherit? You know, this is something that will impact. And that's why multiple year planning is more important right now than just looking at the present moment. Yeah, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, well, thank you, Cindy. This has been wonderful as always and uh, enjoyed the conversation and look forward to having you on again. Um, in the meantime, if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. 
Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry profession. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 